In just a few minutes, we'll be right with you with another award-winning, action-packed edition of your Tony Basilio Show. Antonio Basilio with you for another edition. Bino, Jeff Henderson alongside Brian Hartman, Mike Huguenin will be by here in a little bit. Christy Boy Burke will be by as well, blessing us with his talents and ability. Good morning, fellas. How we doing today? How we doing? Good morning, Tony. Good morning, Brianie. Good Friday to you both. Bino, are you pumped today? Are you pumped? Right? I want to know right now if you're pumped uh, for this weekend, for the big UFC card. Brian, why don't we get Tony Valls on to talk about the UFC card, and then we'll backdoor him about his recruiting class. That's what we should have done. That's how. That's a way to flush him out. Get him talking about his passion. The invite was open. No, he's a clown. But I haven't heard back nah, from he's his people. Wor- he's the worst. So an attempt has been made. He is the worst. Tony, if you're the listening, meat stick. you're the worst. Yeah, you're the original meat stick, you clown. Bean Joe, Jeff, your thoughts on the Major League Baseball draft. And just now that we're following this sport, how kind of interesting this thing is. Because I don't envy these baseball coaches. You spend all this time putting these classes together. And then you're going to watch Major League Baseball pick the freaking thing apart. Yeah, I mean, it's always been uh, the most challenging sport in college to recruit to because of that aspect. Uh, and we're now, you know, mentioned among the elite in college baseball, uh, which means we're going to be involved with some of the best players in America. And it's it's a balancing act, Tony, to uh, get good players, uh, yet not ones uh, that you spend a whole lot of time and commitment on that you lose. Well, and you know what? Tony and them are trying to get sharper about it. And, and I guess we'll see what happens. You know, last year I think they got kind of caught flat-footed. I think they would tell you that. This year I think they're making their contingency plans, which is why you saw them pick up the kid yesterday who's playing right there in the Appy League. You know, we had a couple weeks back, um, we had our guy on, my boy Chris Allen from uh, your Smokies, and they picked up a kid last night out of Missouri, a Paisan, who's up there playing in that league. That's a great advantage for the Vols to have those kids right in your state. And they went up and visited with him, and they sealed the deal. Yeah, I guess the shame of this is, Tony, I don't think there's any way to do it other than to over-recruit yep. uh, to make sure uh, that you have, have all your – I's dotted and T's crossed, and you've got the roster uh, that you need uh, with all the positions filled going into the season. The only way to do that in college baseball is to over-recruit. And and one thing I'd like to bring up with Chris Burke when he joins, who's going to be on uh, Major League Baseball's coverage on uh, ESPN. He'll be one of the lead anchors on that. And and Burke told me that he has been just immersing himself, pouring himself into – tons and tons of names we continue to report on real time over at tclub.team pretty proud of our reporting we've pretty much nailed it um thus far and they feel pretty good about this uh pitcher but 
so far who ten, who's Tennessee's acquired out of the portal, it'd be pretty hard to beat their haul. Um, I mean, from the Sneed guy to the Peoples guy, the Galaney guy's the one they're really concerned about. They weren't so much when they signed him. I was talking to somebody last night familiar with this, and I'm going to ask Burke about it. Basically, Galaney signed with Tennessee to get the rub and to get a little bit more attention from major league people because the thought was they'll stand up and take note and say, wow, one of the premier teams in the sport, one of the premier coaches in the sport will take you. So it would help him get a little rub with major league baseball, even though he is older. Um, And then from Tennessee's perspective, they add a guy that gives them a loud boom in the portal which gives them more credibility for future guys, for other guys that they're going to add that aren't in his class in terms of uh, years. Because most of the guys Tennessee's added are either one-year players, uh, I, I guess a few are two-year players, but most of them are going to have two years to play here. So um, I guess from that perspective, it makes sense, Galaney and Tennessee's marriage. Uh, and Galaney's the kid from Wofford, correct? Yeah, yeah the power hitter from Wofford who... Um, look, Tennessee would love to get him. He'd be a tremendous difference maker in that little ballpark next year. Uh, can play corner infield, corner outfield, and catch? Yep. Is that correct? Yeah, he can do anything you want him to do. Left-hand hitter, Tony? Or? Quit, quit asking me questions. You're going to urinate right. me off. I mean, you're, the deeper you go with me, the come on now. All right. Going to get me in trouble. All right, then. So... I mean, take your Google. How your Yankees doing, Beanstar? Uh, doing really well, Tony. Got run ruled again with Severino pitching. Uh, now <laughs> when Severino pitches, uh, you have a position player getting loose in the bullpen. <laughs> he sucks. They suck. What are they? But they're still striking distance for a wild card. I saw in their division, everybody's got a winning record. And the, and uh, the Phillies did you a favor. Hey, the Phillies did you a favor this week, sweeping the the. Uh, how about the Phillies, yeah. Bino? They can't win at home. They're eight over five hundred. They've won twelve straight on the road. I mean, and they don't hit the ball at home at all in their little ballpark. But they go into others par- other people's parks, and uh, they've got the twenty seven Yankees being star. I've never seen anything like it. It's bizarre. I thought it's crazy. Tom. It's, it's not crazy. It makes no sense. You know, your uh, your man is a right-handed hitter, right-handed hitter, being Ryan Delaney, Ryan, Ryan Delaney, which is Good. what we, makes him that much we, more desirable for them. Yeah, I'm I'm hopeful we balance out our lineup a little bit. And he's the kid that was really good friends uh, with the young man from the University of Cincinnati, who just finished up played a year here, Merritt, and and he recounted to the media that Merritt cried. Uh, when talking about his year here, and he was like, wow, that sold me. But uh, Tennessee believes internally, they believe that he's going to get picked off probably on Monday. And then one of their hot shot catchers um, is another guy, Stone Lawless from Huntsville, Alabama. They believe he's going to get picked off pretty early, too. And I'm going to talk to Berkey about that. I'm going to see what Berkey has on that front. But, Bino, you bring up a great point, which is now that sport is growing, is there another way to do this 
should should they wait and have the transfer portal after the major league draft so they can know what they've lost? Because this seems rather unfair and disingenuous to everybody involved. The coaches, the players, the teams, everybody. Well, I, I don't think that's changed any from years past, Tony. Um, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's something they're accustomed to. I, I don't believe, I don't believe you would want to push, you know, if you want to push the transfer portal stuff back a little bit, uh, maybe certainly push it back until everyone's season is over. So you don't seem to have coaches having to recruit their own players. Great point. When they're still playing. Another thing I want to bring up with Berkey is the Chase Burns thing. Uh, and we've discussed this, you know, kind of hinted at it. First of all, he hasn't been involved with any other college programs. The reason we've ascertained he hasn't been involved with any other college programs is the belief right now is if he has his way, he's not playing college baseball next year. Now I want to talk to to Burke if he were advising that young man because his advisors are telling him you can't do that. Tennessee's leaving the door open for him to return, obviously. He um we we told you about this in real time. His LSU deal dried up on him uh when he essentially tried to play LSU against Tennessee and LSU said we're just gonna grab another pitcher. I mean we're not I don't know what you thought we were doing, but we're not going to. That's not what we're doing here. We thought you were coming. So that's what happened there. The TCU thing I don't think was ever in play. So this whole thing gets really interesting right now with Chase Burns. As Orange Throat wrote about today over at tclub.team, and we try to stay ahead of these things for you. So let me understand this, Tony. Uh Chase Burns does. Chase Burns does not want to play college baseball next year. What it looks like, and his advisors are are advising him that he should. Ab- that- absolutely, one hundred percent. That's where things stand right now. I we believe okay. here. Yep. That would seem like a strange move. Well, he um, he's kind of put off by the whole experience. And that's sort of where he's at, right? That's why you haven't seen his name. Yeah, he's he's been moved from starter to the bullpen twice now. Yep. And people were wondering. So, well, people were wondering, and everybody's been wondering that follows the sport. Why is he not uh, associated with other programs? Well, you can't make things up. People say, "Well, where did the TCU thing came?" I think I think he told some people that he was involved with TCU, but I don't think they were involved with him. So that so this deal gets kind of interesting, you know. Never a dull moment, Beanstar, as we say. Tennessee will take him back, though, for sure. Yeah, it's it's that's that's an odd storyline, Tony. I I would have thought that he would have once his name got in the portal, uh, that he would have had his choice of suitors. Pretty hard to have your choice of suitors. It makes sense now when you don't want to be suited. Hard, yes. to put, hard to put the outfit on if you don't walk in the store, right, and get measured. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's an extremely interesting – got to ask Burke about it. Another thing we'll talk to Chris Burke about, just in terms of has that happened? Can you guys think of anything? I remember when Kumar Rocker 
Now, his situation, his circumstances were extenuating in that he was drafted. He went through his third year, played his third year at Vanderbilt. And then I believe the Mets found some kind of, um, there was something anatomically odd with him, elbow, something, something or other, arm, something. Can't remember the particulars. But he ended up in independent ball for a year and then got drafted the next year pretty highly. Yeah, I, I do remember that now, Tony. That you've brought it to our attention. But the other thing, I don't. The other thing we're going to, Hughie's going to join us. You know, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but the Big Twelve being stars agitating to add some more teams, which I think would be smart of them to go to sixteen. Why wouldn't you? They're talking about Bino you know, adding the likes of UConn, Memphis. Who are some of the other schools, being, uh, Bri, that have been mentioned? San Diego State. I mean, they're just going to well, make Well, I keep official. hearing Colorado and maybe maybe the Arizona schools. Colorado, the Arizona schools. You know, Utah, Utah might be an addition besides BYU to have that rivalry back. And, and I'm, on the, addition to I'm, BYU. Taking a, I'm taking a position statement on the air yesterday. I believe this. I think they're going to end up being the third Super League. I think they have a really strong commissioner who's pretty smart. And I think the ACC is going to get left out in the cold when it's all said and done. We already know behind the scenes what they call them, the Magnificent Seven or whatever it was. And then, Bino, I want to ask you about Joe Milton because uh, Mike Dettelier came on here a couple days ago and fired me up, focused me, and prepared me on him. So are you prepared to give me your thoughts on Milton and whether or not you trust and believe? I am. Because I I don't know that I do. Does that make me a bad person or a bad fan? Uh, no, it, it doesn't, Tony. It doesn't make you a bad fan. Um, I, uh, for me personally, mm-hmm. um, there's there's just not enough there there's not enough proof of um, that he can consistently be uh, a real solid starter. There's trauma, yeah. um, so it, it's it's hard for me to quote trust him um however um there's never been anyone over there uh that i'm gonna pull for that i've ever pulled for any harder than i'm going to him to be successful just just based completely on how he handled his demotion amen it was just so so un 2020 ish amen the way he handled it uh i hope that he has a fantastic season so we'll unpack that a little later on and i want to get hugie's thoughts on milton as well where he would rank him in the standing quarterbacks in the southeastern conference we'll come back on the other side mike hugan enjoins he's always interesting and then chris burke we're gonna have a great friday together i promise more on the other side after this Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. 
You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. 
Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm gonna give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. TB back with you to welcome you back on your Friday. It is an absolutely outstanding, outstanding day to be alive and well with you. It's beautiful. The great, man, I'll tell you, he appears on the TLD Logistics Hotline and does it with the greatest of ease. His name is Mike Hugan and Chris Burke coming up later on in the hour. Hughie DeBear joining us, though. Hughie, welcome in. And you know, the one thing about the sports we follow, this college deal, this thing is 24-7, 375 days out of the year now. And there is no downtime, and it's insane. And every time you click on or open up a device and you read about the sport we love, college football, I mean, when is the reorganization of these leagues going to stop, Hughie? And now the Big 12's on the mic. As I welcome you in on a Friday, Memphis, UConn, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, San Diego State. I mean, when's it end? Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's it's going to end. I, I, you know, we've talked in the past. Eventually. The, the big football schools and, um, you know, the, the difference between Miami and Miami of Ohio, that's, they're all in the same FBS ranks now. That eventually is going to change. But um, it's almost as if, to a lesser extent, conferences are just sort of rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic because uh, all these leagues are not going to be around for football uh, forever. Um, you know, maybe it takes 20 years for all the big football schools to sort of form a conglomeration. Maybe it only takes 10. But all these little teeny moves are baby steps. There's going to be giant steps eventually because the finances involved, you know, even within the SEC, we've talked about this as well. If you're Alabama how, or, or LSU or Tennessee or Florida or Georgia, how can you sit there and be happy that, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, and South Carolina are getting the same amount of money you are from the media rights deal. Check collectors. Uh, no one is tuning in to watch Mississippi State. No one is tuning in to watch South Carolina. Nobody's tuning in to watch Vanderbilt. And at some point, as finances continue to become even more important, I mean, I, I, I thought that COVID would sort of, the COVID year would sort of slow some of this stuff down. It instead has intensified it. At some point, the, the, Schools, the bigger schools within the power conferences are going to look at some of their conference brethren and say, yeah, we're in the same league, but we're really not in the same league. You guys are minor leagues. We're major leagues. We're tired of this. No doubt about it. So let's talk about the Big 12. You think there's any chance, like we had a call from Memphis yesterday asking us, would the Big 12 do that? Because if they do that, I don't know. You know, it makes if Memphis legit. Yeah, I don't know what Memphis brings to the table from a financial standpoint. Um, it's interesting. There was a story early this week about UConn. Yep. And I, one interesting aspect about Brett Yormark, the new Big 12 commissioner, well, I know he's been there less than a year, but he's 
done a lot of cool things. He is fully embracing the potential of basketball. Obviously, uh, the Big 12 won it all in 2021 and 2022 with Baylor and Kansas. UConn's in the Big East, obviously. Um, their football program's an independent. They have a good baseball program, that, that it's, but it's all about basketball. And the thought is that the, the story said that the Big 12 allegedly had made entreaties to UConn about potentially joining because of basketball. Um, I tend to sort of scoff at that in a way because UConn football brings nothing, nothing. to the table. Zero. Less than nothing. Zero. And, yes, great basketball program. Um, as strong a basketball program as there has been in this country the last 30 years. At the same time, I don't think the basketball TV contracts would enable you to say to your member schools, we're going to bring in UConn and Memphis for basketball reasons. Uh, you know, forget, forget the football stuff. We're going to bring them in for basketball. That doesn't make sense to me. No, um, there's no it, money in it. Well, there's no money in basketball. But here's the thing. I'll say this to you. I want, to, I want your thought. This, this is one of my new hot takes. I think the Big 12, when it's all said and done, is going to be the third power league in this whole deal. And here's why. I believe in that commissioner. I think that guy's strong. Uh, I think it was a really good hire by them. Look at the Pac-12, the two bums they had. That's why they're in the spot they're in right now. No vision. Yeah, Kliokoff, I think, is trying, but his problem was the two guys before him, Larry Scott and Tom Hansen, sort of just Scott made a lot of decisions that were bad. And I said on your show before, Tom Hansen could have been at a conference commissioner meeting and the other conference commissioners would have looked at Hansen and go, who's that dude over there in the corner? I don't yep. think I've ever seen him before. And he was there for like 20 years. Um, Kliakoff is trying, but you know, losing USC and UCLA is a, a, a body blow. The interesting thing about the Big 12, you're right, your mark is extremely aggressive, trying a lot of new things. The one thing I wonder about the Big 12 with Texas and Oklahoma leaving, who is your Bell Cal sports program now? Great point. I, I, I mean, you, in basketball, it's Kansas. Great point. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a solid baseball league, but Great still. Point. Um, and football, goodness gracious, TCU last year played for the national title. You got hammered. Um, and I think Dykes is a good coach, but I don't think you could, you could walk up to a casual football fan in LA or New York and go, hey, t- you follow college football? Yeah, a little bit. What's TCU's, uh, nickname? Uh, I don't think people know. Uh, and that's, you know, that's a little bit hyperbole there and like, does that really matter? But, yeah, I think it does. I think if you have a bell cow program, everybody knows it. Everybody knows Oklahoma. Everybody knows Texas. I don't think the Big 12 has one of those programs anymore. You know, I wonder, for what and for the grant of rights thing, if the ACC would even be there, thinking about what you're talking about. because yeah, they, I think a lot of those North those Carolina. Those guys would leave. They would leave right. tomorrow. Would leave in a half second. Yes. North Carolina has a ton of cachet. Ton. Um, Florida State has some. Some. Clemson has some. Uh, Miami doesn't have as much as Miami fans think it does, and, and UVA has a lot. But, you know, Pitt, Boston College, Syracuse, Wake Forest, Duke is a, a, a big-timer just solely because of basketball. Georgia Tech has no cachet. None. That's a league with uh, Virginia Tech really has None. lost a ton of luster. Boring. Um, that's, uh, it, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think 
if the S, I think if the SEC could add two teams, one of them for sure would be North Carolina. Amen. And then let Duke die on the vine where they belong. Let's uh, bring uh, the great Beano Jeff Henderson in here as uh, Mike Hugan is with us, presented by our friends at TLD Logistics on this Friday online, tldlogistics.com. Beano? Hey, Mike, when you look out there at the landscape of college football, I don't see any combination whatsoever outside of the SEC and the Big Ten where anybody else could claim to be a power league with the direction they're going. I just don't see how that's good for college football, Mike. No, and I think that's why eventually there's going to be this, uh, I think, this big conglomeration because the Oregons and Washingtons of the world need a place. Um, the North Carolinas and Florida States and Clemsons and Virginias need a place. Um, so th- th- that's, I-, I think, eventually why that's going to happen. But you're right, it's hard to, I, I think the Pac-12 is going to be a-, a good football league this year. Uh, but it's also the last the last year with UCLA and USC. Uh, going forward, that that league is losing a lot of stature. Oh. Uh, and the, you know, we talked about the Big Twelve problem yesterday. They lose they're losing Texas, and Oklahoma, and they brought in four teams. But the four schools they brought in don't equal Texas and Oklahoma. Two in this case is greater than four. Uh, and then the ACC is sort of just foundering out there. It's waiting in ankle-deep water, but it's afraid it, it can't swim, so it can't go any further out to join the Big Ten and SEC, to use a summer analogy. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think, But I think there's enough money right now that everybody can be sort of, we're, we're okay with the status quo for a while, but again, I think eventually, um, and, you know, I mentioned Oregon and Washington. Well, you know, Oregon State, is tied to Oregon. Washington State is tied to Washington. There is there's the difference in value of those programs is immense. And if there were ever a large conglomeration of schools, which I think there's going to be, Oregon State and Washington State ain't going to be in it. So right now, Oregon and Washington are sort of having to, you know we're having to put up with little brother. But I think eventually, and maybe it's 20 years from now or 15 years from now, little brother is going to get left behind. Great, Mike Hugan, and you bow your head when you say his name. Hugie, let's switch gears. I had Mike Dettelier on here a couple days ago from uh, down in New Orleans. He was talking about the Manning Passing Academy and saying that Joe Milton looked like a changed man in terms of he was throwing the short ball really accurately. and um, We all know he has a big arm and all that stuff, and he can throw the ball over the moon and this, that, and the other. We were talking about his place among – SEC quarterbacks, and can you kind of put your thinking cap on for me? And just off the top of your head, we're spitballing here, but rank SEC quarterbacks like top four, maybe coming into this upcoming season. Can you do that? I think Jaden Daniels is the best at LSU, and I, and I'll be honest, I think there's flaws with everybody else. You're, Milton is a really good athlete. He's been a really good athlete back to his days in high school. I actually saw him play. He's from Orlando. Uh, my niece went to high school at the same school, uh, basically at the same time. Um, he has the physical tools, but as he has shown in spurts when he's been on the field, he's not consistent. Um, I'm Dev- I-, I like Devin Larry at Kentucky. I think he's talented. But he's also a guy who, while he was at NC State last year, he missed half the season. 
He had shoulder surgery, and he doesn't have the strongest arm to begin with. Um, he's an interesting guy in that he had really good stats at NC State in 2022 playing for a horrible offensive coordinator. I think Liam Cohen's better. I wonder, though, if given Larry's health and the fact that he was not 100% during spring ball, um, how soon can he get up to speed? So there's questions about him. Spencer Rattler ended last season playing great football. You know, he had three great games. Well, they played 13. What about the other 10? And the, the one overriding thing about Spencer Rattler to me, he played for Lincoln Riley, the most quarterback-friendly offense in the nation, and lost his starting job. So there's always going to be a question about Rattler. Graham Mertz at Florida was not good at Wisconsin. I don't know how good he can be at Florida. Um, Jefferson at Arkansas, a new offensive coordinator. Do they curb his running? If, that, if, if so, that sort of maybe mitigates how good he can be. Will Rogers at Mississippi State. I like him a lot, but also Mike Leach is not there. So how, what is Will Rogers going to be like without Mike Leach? Um, the Ole Miss quarterback situation, still not sure who's going to start. Alabama, man, that's a gigantic drop-off. Auburn doesn't have an SEC caliber quarterback. Um, Texas A&M, they really like Connor Wegman, but let's see. Um, Missouri, I don't even care. So to me, it's Jaden Daniels and 13 questions, I'll be honest. And I think Jaden Daniels, he struggled at times last year. Remember, though, LSU had two true freshman offensive tackles starting. Well, they're, they're sophomores now, and the entire starting offensive line is back. And I think Jaden Daniels played really well for much of the season. So to me, again, it's Jaden Daniels, and I don't know who's second. Have we ever seen this, Bino, in your memory, uh, Hughie in yours, Brian yours? The league have so many question marks at quarterback to the point where Joe Milton is more of an answer than he is a question. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, I, I he's a question. Who, he's a question. I it's going to be Carson Beck, but, uh, you know, and, and while Stetson Bennett wasn't a rolled beater, he won two national titles. There's no so, doubt. They're going to have um, a drop-off. It, it really yes. is. This is incredible, and it's it's. The, think about the quote unquote good teams. LSU's got its starting quarterback back. Alabama doesn't. Georgia doesn't. Tennessee doesn't. Um, it's it's going to be a fascinating season because if you, the let's put in one respect though, if you have less than stellar quarterback play in the SEC this year, it's not going to matter as much as usual because I don't think there's a lot of high-level SEC quarterbacks. Does all the moving around, the free moving around that players have now, has that hurt the – has it contributed to the fact that the SEC just has maybe one or two proven quarterbacks? Because nobody is willing to sit and develop for two or three years part, like they I used to. Part of it, but I also think the development of, some, of quarterbacks at some places has not been good. I mean, Kentucky – you know, Liam Cohen was the OC in 2021. He left. Scangarello last year was horrible. Now Liam Cohen's back. So even if you had a quarterback who wanted to develop, I don't know how all the quarterback changes can help you develop, but I think that's part of it. And LSU, to me, is in a great situation. You have Jaden Daniels and you have Garrett Nussmeyer, who is being developed and looks like a future star. So 
And, and then you got Ole Miss, which has, what, like 13 quarterbacks on his roster? So um, it's, it, it's yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, that's, a, that's an interesting question. I think that's part of it, yeah, because no one's willing to sit around and be developed. Um, and if you are willing to sit around and be developed, sometimes they're not going to wait for you to reach your development peak. They're going to go out and get somebody else instead. And some guys, well, hey, I've sat for two years. I ain't sitting anymore. I'm out of here. So I think that does have, I think that does play into it some. You know, the thing we see in baseball, and we're seeing it in all these sports now in this league because there's money in it, is that Leary comes over from the ACC. Rattler comes over. Now, Rattler obviously was sort of chased out of Oklahoma because he, he literally was kind of a broken-down guy a year ago before he took the field. And to your point, he did not look good. I'm not sure if they put him in a good position, though. Well, that's the thing. And that's you another know, school so. that I think he had trouble last year adjusting to South yeah. Carolina's offense. Yep. And the coordinator had trouble adjusting to Rattler. But it finally connected at the end of the season, and then that OC moved on. So that's, I mean, you know, again, the, the development of Spencer Rattler, I, I, it's, that's another. Coaching changes don't help player development. And in the SEC especially, there's not a lot of, what's the word I want? Patience, yeah. I guess is the understatement. Um, yeah, you know, if, you're, if your offense, you know, we average 26 points a game. We didn't average 30. You're out of here. You're gone. So, boom, your quarterbacks and your running backs and your receivers now have to learn new stuff. So I think there's a, the, the continual movement among coaches and, and transfer portal players, I think that does impinge on some players' Uh, developmental process. Hugie, you're my main man. Um, anything else you'd care to add on the way out and close with? You've been incredible. Yeah, the, another Georgia player arrested for speeding. I mean, I think in a vacuum, oh, who cares? But g- given what has gone on at Georgia yeah. since January, yes. you know, I, I forget, I think it's a DB, but sometimes... You know, college kids do stupid things. Yep. Um, to me, this that's beyond stupid. I, I don't, I don't get it. They don't care. And, you know, Those speeding, kids don't care. There's no culture there. Certainly, They're, what it seems like, and given what yes. the AJC wrote yep. last week, I, oh, it's going to be the SEC media days. Uh, I got to figure that Kirby Smart and his quote unquote handlers are thinking, Kirby, your intro speech at SEC Media Days needs to last as long as possible. Why don't you comment on all eighty five scholarship players so you don't have time to take questions? Do the old do that's good. I can see that. Do the old Jackie Sherrill thing in other words. Talk about everybody. I used to love that. When Jackie Sherrill would go down that Oh, or do Lou Holtz and go in there with like nine canned um jokes that you tell everybody he would repeat his jokes all the time but uh at any rate you're the man best of luck next week Uh, you won't be with us but we appreciate you brother all right man have a good weekend appreciate it thanks thank you the great mike hugan and one more time christy boy burke we continue it's 865-200-5402 he's going to join us you know, it is, uh, you know, the crazy thing about college sports, and, and, and we've commented on this, is that they continue to move these teams around, and they continue to, whatever it is they've done to it, and the sports have never been more popular.
Yeah, it's um, it's certainly not my world <laughs> anymore, Tony. Pe- you know, people kind of like new things and change, and uh, those that like that, it's it's out there for them. Oh yeah, you know, and if you if you like uh, never ending topics, but we'll take a brief time out and come back. I am excited about the. 12-team format that comes after this year because it comes at the perfect time for Tennessee because Tennessee will be a playoff contender annually. Well, I, you know, I, I think from that standpoint, uh, th- this change is, is going to be good. Yep. I think fans are going to be treated to more top-flight college football over the course of a 12-game season uh, than, than, we've, than we've been in for many years. It's just the, it's just the how they've gotten there that's just an atrocity. I mean, you start talking about putting UConn in the Big 12 or um, some of the other teams that they've talked about, SMU in the Pac-12. I mean, SMU in the Pac-12. What? I know it's a much smaller world now than it used to be, uh, and you can follow anybody you want to as closely as you want to. Um, but uh, you know, when 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 you grew up and and part of the rom- romantic notion of college football was how regional it was. Um, it's uh, th- this this new stuff's hard to understand. Around, yep, uh, yep. hard to fully fully get behind. Well, you know that thing that Hughie just said. I hadn't really thought about it, but that thing on the quarterback deal in the league becomes really interesting for Tennessee because really what Tennessee needs, here's what he said, even the quote-unquote haves in the SEC have questions of quarterback. So if you have a quarterback that doesn't perform like you want him to this year, you might be able to get away with it this season. That's pretty well put, Beanstar. And that has implications for Tennessee. If Tennessee has a better defense than last year, a 10-win season isn't off the table. No doubt about that. They, they could be favored in every game except maybe Bama and Georgia. And, and Bino, to your and, – and, and if Milton doesn't perform like he should perform, they might get away with it and win 10 games, to Brian's point. Yeah, I, I think the – the key for Joe Milton is to, you know, pr- protect the football. And and the Joe Milton that I watched last year yep. uh, was much improved over the one that I saw uh, in 2021. Um, so I do have some more faith in him. Uh, but trust is a real strong word for a guy uh, that hasn't consistently performed when he's been the starter. And the only reason I'm talking about his why are you talking about that? Well, I'm talking about it because it's to me it's the story for Tennessee this year. Because if he plays well, they have a chance to be pretty good. If he doesn't, they still might function within the league because when you look at it and you look at the guys that are on their schedule, um, you know, the Leary guy at Kentucky, who knows? They don't face Jalen Daniels. Whoever Alabama throws out there, who knows? Tennessee's going to – they're going to constrict Rattler in a python-like way. 
in the Stadium. Rattlers played one good game in his career. He'll one get really swallowed. good game. He'll get swallowed. against you know what. You know who. Oh, it was, perfect. it was a perfect storm that night. This Graham Mertz guy, Rattlers you know. about to get Ryan Tannehill over here this year. No you question. Just no, no question. Rattler, um, the Mertz guy, gives a bad name to slow white people everywhere. No offense to him. Not Ryan Tannehill, but the Tannehill that played at South Carolina. Steve Tannehill to you, big boy. Steve Tannehill. He's look about it up, to youngsters. Get, we're about to get the spatula out look, on him. Look again. it up, youngsters. Whomever Alabama throws out there, George is, George is going to throw a kid out there at quarterback. Hadn't played. That's no fun in this league. Course, and he's got to come on the road. Of course, they don't play a schedule. Georgia doesn't play a schedule, so it ain't going to matter. Did you see where I think it was Tate Ratliff said that Neyland Stadium was the best venue in the SEC? Well, I didn't need him in to tell video. me that. I didn't need him to tell me that. But let's go to the phones. Eight, you seven, know, five, another five. reason we want to talk about Milton Tony is the major story I see today is somehow a conflict between the NBA's number one draft pick and Brittany Spears. How did I wake up in this world today? <laughs> what? What? Now, what? When I was playing, who's music, old enough to be his mother? All right. When I was playing music last night across the um across the screen that came, and I have not looked into that story because, well, I don't know. Because you're smart. Okay, so somebody tell me the story, and then we'll go to the phones. They were somewhere, supposedly, and Britney Spears' story is that she wanted to come up and congratulate him, and she tapped him on the shoulder, and she says that his security crew backhanded her. (laughs) His story is that somebody came came up and grabbed him from behind, and he said, I don't know what the security crew did. I was looking straight ahead walking, uh, so I don't know how rough they were with her or, or weren't. Wait a but, second. Uh, like they, I, I thought they were it. dating or something. I, I thought they were like dating and got accosted. The thing I read is it looked like they got accosted and they had an airport incident. I thought she was with him. No, apparently not. She was trying to be. So he basically, somebody turned around and put her hands, put their hands on her. Yeah, his security Ooh, crew boy. cleared her out of there somehow. Wow. wow. Well, how in the hell? What? That's I'm the story. You. I'm telling you. That's the story. That's you it. just you just took up our precious airtime. I could have been talking about condiments on hamburgers. Let's go to the phones. Hello and welcome into our first call. How you doing, Tony? Titans, Bill. Will you do you have anything else to add to the Britney Spears story? No, I don't, Tony. Are you a Britney Spears fan? No, I'm not, Tony. Do you like her singing? No, I, I haven't heard it, Tony. Did you like her on the Mouseketeer show back in the day? I haven't seen. I haven't seen that show, Tony. Do you find her attractive? Yeah, I find her attractive, and she knows it. She knows you find her? Okay, well. One of these, I'm attractive, I'm attractive and I know it. She, one. Yeah, they call them the, the digmies. She's a digme. Yeah. Yes. 
And you know, on another note, you know, you were talking about uh, Chase Burns or yes. Chance Burns or whatever. Tony, <laughs> when Chance, when uh, Bryant, when uh, Bobby Cox was manager of the Atlanta Braves, didn't they move John Smoltz to the bullpen? Yes, and he had a Hall of Fame career doing both. Yes. So Chance Burns, stop acting like a baby. That's all you are. You're nothing but a big baby. Grow up. Now, do you have something to say to Chase Burns? Because Chance well, Burns... Chase, hang well, on. Okay, well, well, of course, well, whatever. Well, wasn't there a feller named Chance that used to work uh, with Dubsy that was in our fantasy baseball draft, Bino? Is he still around, Chance? Yes, he is. He's uh, still Chance, in he, football Chance fantasy. Collins. Are you ripping? Are you gonna? Are you ripping him? Are you ripping Chance Burns? Is that was that guy's I'm, last well, name Burns? I'm rip, no, I'm ripping Chase Burns. I'm sorry, Tony. It's my mistake. My mistake was to love you, girl. Love you, girl. <laughs> Who made that, Bino? My mistake. That's a great. That jam. would be the great Marvin Gaye and Diana Ross. Whoa! Wow. And Bino, I have a bone yes, to pick sir. with you, buddy. Uh, Bino, Marvin Gaye duet partners rank them. Go. Uh, Tammy Terrell, number, number one, one. Not even close. Uh, Diana Ross, number two. Um, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm Did he do fight. Mary Wells? He did a couple with Mary Wells. Uh, I, I don't remember him doing some with Mary Wells. He did some with uh, West. Oh, what was her name? Her name uh. Weston. Kim Weston, uh, two can yeah, have a party. Kim, Great jam. Kim Weston. Kim Weston. Okay, go ahead, Titans, Bill. What about that? Okay, okay, Bino, I have a little bone to pick with you and Tony. I, okay. I had a discussion with you when we had our little private fireside chat. My nephew's girlfriend is not ugly. If you could recall, Tony, I was sort of ripping Caitlin Clark for the way she looked. And you people here wanted to suspend me for it. Now, Bino, you need to be suspended for for saying some unkind things about my nephew's girlfriend. Now, where did you get that Bino said unkind things about your nephew's girlfriend? When she was over... A couple of years ago, when she was over at my birthday party that you held uh, in front of, uh, let's see, uh, Smoothie, Smoothie King. King. Yeah. Uh, Cottonsville, uh, I, I don't know your nephew's girlfriend. And you've seen her, you've seen her, you've seen her, Hang on a second. I can't believe this is happening live on the air. Bill, I tried to tell you the other day that didn't happen, Bill. It did. No, Bill. It where, didn't. Did, where did that come from, Bill? Bill, that is... It did. Bill, it did. Bill, Bino would never... Bino doesn't do <laughs> that, Bill. Uh, Who Tom, did I tell that, Titans, Smoothie Bill? King, Tom Marine, we've got a little issue here on the show. I need your help. Titans, okay. Titans Bill's with us, because no good deed goes unpunished, right? Yeah. Remember the birthday party you threw for Titans Bill? Yeah. A couple years ago? Yeah. He's got, good morning, Tom. How are you? 
I'm doing well, Bill. You? I'm doing all right. Bill, bring your bring your grievance against Bino to the owner of Smoothie King, Tom Marine, who I've called who has no idea what we're doing. But go ahead. Okay, my nephew, my nephew and and his girlfriend came over here. Hey, Jesse. Yeah, Jesse. To uh, to you know his uh, you know to your your uh, the, birthday the party, party that you threw for me yeah, with carrot cake. Yeah, with carrot cake and all that good stuff. And uh, the next day, I thought Bino said some very unkind things about, you know, my nephew's girlfriend. What, what, what exactly? Denies it. What did Bino say about your nephew's girlfriend? Let me get to the bottom of this. I said to her that she was very attractive. Bino didn't think so. <laughs> now, Titansville, where did I say these things the next day? <laughs> I think a couple of days ago, after after my birth, after my you uh, had my birthday, Tom Marine, do you remember any of that at the birthday party? No, I do not remember anybody making any comments, good or bad, about Jesse's uh, girlfriend. Jesse is a friend. Yeah, I know. He's been a good friend of yours. Lately, something changed, and he's hard to find. He's got himself a girl, and Bino makes fun of her. Yeah. <laughs> Rex Springfield needs to reamend. We're cracking on Jesse's girl. Cracking on Jesse's girl. Uh-huh. Well, Bill, uh, I, I, I will apologize for whatever supposedly was said, but... Uh, I, I never knew your nephew's girlfriend. I don't remember seeing your nephew's girlfriend. I can't imagine. I believe, I believe you did because I, inter I, inter I introduced. I introduced. By the way, Tom Marine appears on the TLD Logistics Hotline online at tldlogistics.com. Continue, Titans Bill. I introduced both Jesse and Caitlin to you and Tony. The day you were doing your show at my birthday party. So, ironically, she has the same name of the young lady from Iowa, Titans Bill, that you unfortunately launched on, that you're accusing Bino of, which I don't believe Bino launched on her. Let me ask uh, Tom Marine. Tom Marine, do you... Well, wait a second. No, Titans Bill, I know you did it because you did it on the air. Yeah, I okay. Did. Now and I'm, I, ba I, I'm back and Bino I, up here. I, I don't believe Bino did it. I, 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 no, 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 no. It's all right. Well, Bino needs to apologize for something he didn't say. That Tom, do you believe Bino said it? Yes or no? I I find it very hard to believe that Bino would say anything about anybody like that. Yes. Um, especially in you know. In, in more or less in public setting like that. Now I got to ask you something, Bill. Are you Go being, ahead. are you being serious right now? Well, is he? Are you doing a bit? Wait, hey, are you, have you committed to the bit here, or are you being serious? Just just a question for you. I'm committing to the bit here, Tony. Bill. All right. Here? I'll apologize to Bino for the remarks I made. I'm sorry, Bino, but I thought you did say something unkind about, you know, Jesse's He brought it up to me in private conversation the other day, Bino, and I told him you didn't do it. He, he well, wouldn't come off doing? of it. How are they doing now? Well, 
My nephew Jesse is now a news reporter for Channel 12 out of Chattanooga. Boom! I got a couple of pictures that uh, Sam gave me. Of course, if you want to know who Sam is, that's Sandy. But she, she insists you call her Sam, Tony. All right. Uh, By the way, Titusville, I've never said anything about Sam either. Okay. <laughs> well, what about whatever happened to the girlfriend? I know. Well, I think I think you know she uh, went to Clemson, and she's going to get a degree in something there. Okay. Well, Bill, you're the man. Much love to you, Tom Marine. What's new at Smoothie King, if anything? Bill, you're out of here. You're a clown. You wasted five minutes of my time with your drivel. Well, to keep it on the Smoothie King theme, we've yeah. got our watermelon smoothies now. Yes. So for the sum- summertime, so everybody needs to come out and try. Tell Chasey, baby, I'll be out later this afternoon. Watermelon Extreme and a watermelon lemon. Mm. And and when are we going to get the Kelly boys on here talking about the new smoothies and the new bowls and all that good stuff? We're working on that. Uh, TK Jr. was in here just uh, last week. He's having a camp soon. When's he going to contact me for his camp? Well, I don't know. I, that's what I was, he he came by and uh, picked up. Uh, I think they've got around two hundred campers. And what? They, it, it's uh, and and you know, there's no charge for the. I love him. These Kid's got you a know, great heart. Like. Todd raised a Todd and his wife raised a really terrific son. That's a precious, neat young guy, TK Junior. Yes, he is. So but, we had a good uh, visit, and he. I told him we were going to be doing a, a new. He said. Uh, I guess he had already visited with you a little bit about. Oh yeah, I told him the door is always open. I told Folky that the door's the door's always open with me. Door's always open. Yeah, I know it is. You doing something to help the community and help the kids? The door's always open. Yep. So, and um, unless unless you launch on Titans Bill's nephew's girlfriend. Yeah, that's right. And I saw your compadre Tony Jones uh, on. Uh, uh, I guess it was the 4th of July the other day. What? Tony Jones and Tony Jones called me last week. I never called him. Tony, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, you need that. Me and uh, <sighs> Miss Barbara were out having brunch. And I he fail. Was at the same establishment and, yeah. and sat down right beside us there. And I love him. He's the best. Talked to him and, and uh, said he'd be in touch. I guess he's got something going on. We're going to try to oh, beautiful. work with him. I'm sure hey. he'll be in touch with you about it, he said. Mourinho, I'm into the second hour. You're, you've gotten wordy. Chris Burke's up next. I love you. <laughs> love you. Bye. Now we're cutting off sponsors, Bino. Your thoughts on that? Bino, you talk about Random Bill. Random Bill struck today like lightning from the blue. <laughs> This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late-model, low-mileage, one-owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hello, it's me, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. July reminds me of red, white, and blue. 
If you were born in July, your birthstone is the ruby, king of the precious stones, for its rarity, hardness, second only to diamonds. We have a beautiful collection from earrings to rings, modern and antique. If you were born in July, we'll take 10% off your purchase. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. June is Dairy Month, and the Murray County Farm Bureau salutes our dairy farmers and the dairy industry for the many contributions to our economy and our health. Milk is the original nutritional powerhouse drink with 8 grams of protein and 13 essential nutrients to keep you energized all summer long. Plus, who doesn't like ice cream? Our hardworking dairy farmers are dedicated to dairy and proud to help produce nature's perfect food. When you sit down to your next meal, pour one more glass of milk and celebrate June Dairy Month. Blast into big July fun all summer long. You won't need sparklers, spinners, Roman candles, or any other fancy fireworks. You'll be rocketing toward explosive top prizes of up to $500,000 with the all-new July Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Hurry in and pick out your favorites today. Find them at your nearest Tennessee Lottery retailer. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. 
What happens when the thrill of Powerball meets the thrill of NASCAR? You get a chance to win an exciting trip for two to the NASCAR Championship Race in Phoenix, Arizona. Plus, the chance to win a million dollars in a special drawing. Enter the NASCAR Powerball Playoff Second Chance Drawing at TNVIPRewards.com between June 23rd and July 31st for your chance to win. The Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. NASCAR is used with express permission. NASCAR LLC is not a sponsor of this promotion. All right, everybody. Welcome back. This is T. Willie. I have Mr. Miles Johnson on the phone from Foodland. Miles, what's happening today at Foodland? Well, today's been going pretty great. And this week we have uh, a pretty good sale, which includes ground chuck, three fifty nine a pound, assorted pork chops, $1.69 a pound, seedless grapes, $1.49 a pound, and sun drop 12 packs, two for nine. Wow, a lot, a lot of good deals, uh, and that's good. When you guys are busy, that's what it's all about. And uh, again, you're located right there on West 7th Street. Uh, you're open seven days a week, 7 a.m. till 9 p.m. And uh, everybody in their store is very friendly whenever I come in. And uh, I always appreciate you uh, speaking with me every Thursday. And uh, you guys have a fantastic weekend and sell everything you got, okay? I'm going to try to. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Thank you, Miles. Again, that was Miles Johnson from Foodland. Go check them out. They got some great deals, as they always do. And uh, they'll be very helpful. And they got a flyer at the door so you can pick it up and see what you got. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. We're TCBing on a Friday with you. The great Chris Burke joins TLD Logistics Hotline online, tldlogistics.com. Berkey's been so kind to us. Berkey, the very thing that you want to do right now, the very... The very thing that you want to do right now is um, talk about the draft with me, right? Because you you haven't immersed yourself enough in it this week. Uh, but it's great it's great prep for me, so I'm all about it. Let's do it, Berkey. Let's talk. Um, before we get to the Tennessee implications and all politics are local, what's going to happen at the top of that draft? It looked like uh, you know to the naked eye a month ago. The Pirates were going to take the pitcher out of LSU, and everybody was going to live happily ever after. The top of these drafts are curious, though, because it's 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 about signability, right? Well, everybody's going to sign. It's really more about your plan. So, like, for instance, to me, the, the, the thought of Pittsburgh uh, taking somebody they don't think is the best player for their organization, I think is exaggerated, and I'm going to tell you why. Pittsburgh has $16,185,000 to spend on this draft, okay? They have the first pick, which has a $9.7 million slot. They don't pick again until 42. Okay, so, so what, what's my point? Well, a couple years ago when they, when they picked number one and they took Henry Davis and everybody said, oh, they, you know, they, they took Henry Davis so they could save money. At that, in that draft, they had another pick in the 30s. I think in the early 30s, and they might have had three in the top, like, 50. Well, this year they have the first pick, and they don't pick against again until 42. So this thought that, yeah, we could save a million bucks on the first pick and then overpay somebody later, that makes sense, again, if you've gotten one of these compensatory picks or you've gotten um, a pick because, you you know, you lost a free agent or what have you. They don't have that. So to me, whoever they pick between Lankford, Schemes and Cruz, I think is who they think is the best player. I, I really do. I think Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is going to pick one of those three people, and it's going to be because that's who they think is the best player. Now, that's just my opinion. 
Or the high school kid, right? High school kids in it? I don't, you know, Max Clark and Walker Jenkins have both been discussed at number one, but I don't, I don't believe that'll be the case. Like, I, I, you've got three college players, all which have a chance to be like major league difference makers that are very safe picks. I don't, I don't know how you take a high school kid with these three college players at the top of the draft. How quickly do the, does Washington draft Skeens if Pittsburgh does not take him? How, I mean, how quickly does that happen? Well, I would think they would they would move right away. Here's here's what I think will be interesting. So this is a little. So Texas is picking four, and Pittsburgh's actually having a good year too. But Texas is like in first, and they are like they actually have a championship window. Like Texas yep. is a relevant major league roster yep. today, and they've proven that they're going to spend tons of money. Like they they're paying free agents. They're they're in the game, right? They're in the mix. If I was Texas and I was keen, I would try my best to get Washington and Detroit to pass on me and go to Texas. Here's the other thing that's interesting about Texas getting into the economics of it. The the, the fourth slot is is seven point six nine million dollars. Texas only has nine point nine million to spend on their whole draft. So like whoever they take at number four, they better nail it because they only have two million bucks left to spend on their whole draft. Um, and so that, to me, I mean, selfishly, I think that would be just, as a sport, I think it would be awesome to see skiing with Texas. Uh, but Washington and Detroit are crazy if they let that happen. But you never know how people might go in there and, hey, look, we're not going to sign for less than $9 million bucks, and maybe maybe Texas figures out a way to make it happen. Try to bluff them down, in other words. Bino, yeah. Jeff Henderson, yeah. jump in here with Chris Burke, who, by the way, We'll be on ESPN's coverage, which is where I'll be parked. Uh, you better believe it. Uh, I'll be watching Berkey the entire time, just like I did last year. Yeah, right. Just yeah, like yeah. I did last year, mm-hmm. um, because he is the he is the Paisan representation uh, on the draft coverage this year and the Tennessee representation. Bino, Jeff Henderson, jump in here. Hi, Chris. The uh, I- Got Baseball America in front of me. They're they're a draft edition. Uh, they've got Dylan Cruz going first, Skeen second, White Lagford third, and Walker Jenkins, the outfielder, high school outfielder. You talked about fourth. Uh, how accurate you think that is? Well, I mean, the top five. The next one would be Max Clark. Pretty much everybody agrees on. Like you, you, you almost won't find a mock draft that doesn't have those five in some order, and most of them have the college kids the first three and then the high school kids the next two in some order. Um, and what's interesting is, is most people agree that those five, those five players are all one, one talents, which is, which makes this draft fascinating to look at three years from now, because, you know, there are some years where nobody can figure out who should go number one. Um, and there are some years, you know, last year, even, even though Jackson holidays proven to be an incredible pick by the Orioles, there was a, Tons of conversation on who was going to go number one, not because um, there weren't talented players, but just because none of them stood out. This year, the conversation around one-one is not um, because nobody's sure anybody's a one-one pick. It's because there almost feels like there's five one-one picks, um, and so every but the, the college kids are they're older, they're closer to the big leagues. They've shown you so much production that they tend to be the, the most likely projections in the top three. 
my order, I would put Jenkins ahead of Clark. If I was drafting, I, I, I think Jenkins is a more likely major league impact player than Max Clark. But you could argue that Max Clark has a higher floor. I think Max Clark is very Drew Gilbertish. Tons of line drives, tons of swagger, loves the spotlight, uh, uh, plays, plays better when it seems like the crowd is there to see him, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? And I think their, their games are, you know, left-handed hitting outfielder that can run and really throw. Like they're, they're very similar prospects in my mind. Berkey. Hi, Bino. Uh, Berkey, BA has Chase Dolander. Eleventh uh, to uh, the the Angels, too high, too low. So this is interesting. One of the things we got baseball tonight before the draft, so we're gonna have an hour to kind of kick around a lot of these wow. topics. And one of the topics is who would you take pitching wise, college pitchers? Who would you take after Paul Skeens? And you, people could call me a, a big orange homer all they want on this. I think I would still take Dolander because I still think Dolander's fastball is is the second best fastball college fastball in this draft because of its characteristics. And we all know that there was a lot of things that just felt looked off with Dolander this year. But what what was what was also apparent is he was healthy. There was no you know, he was still throwing ninety five to ninety eight miles an hour. It wasn't like his stuff clicked down. It was his execution and I think there was a lot of other stuff with his with his team around him and some of the pressure. And we all saw how much he got off to slow starts in games. I think a lot of that was between the years. Like, I, I think Chase Dolander still has the second highest ceiling of any pitcher in this draft. So I would take him even in front of the Wake Forest kid who has a much – like Dolander has a higher ceiling, um, but the kid from Wake Forest has a much higher floor. Like, uh, Rhett Lauder is going to pitch in the big leagues. I just don't know if he's going to be a you know an impact big league starter, whereas I think if everything lines up with Chase Dolander – you know, you could have somebody. I'm not saying he's going to be Spencer Strider, but he, he he's got that kind of fastball. Berkey, your time's tight here, and I know you're getting, so you let us know when you're when you're fixing to yeah. uh, do what you're doing. Just let us know. Yep. Um, the Major League Baseball draft. How concerned should Tennessee be that their um, recruiting class is going to get picked apart? And I know you're focusing on the first couple rounds, but one of the guys they're afraid they're going to lose is a Stone Lawless guy. Um, how concerned should Tennessee be that they're, that a lot of their recruiting works is going to get picked apart here? I don't think nearly as much as Vanderbilt and Arkansas should be concerned. Like, you know, it, it, here's the thing. We live in a world now with, with NIL that, you know, if a kid gets drafted in the fifth round and they offer him a half a million bucks, you can make that a lot more attractive for a kid to turn down than you could five years ago or three years ago. Now, when a kid get offered, kid gets offered three million bucks, it's a little different. Um, and you know, Vandy's got four. Excuse me. Yeah, Vandy has four of the top hundred. Arkansas has four or five of the top hundred, depending on what list you're looking at. Um, so, you know, I, I think you know, Ole Miss has two of the top hundred, and they might keep them both, which would be huge. Auburn has two of the top 25, and they're both shortstop, second-base shortstop. So that's that's an interesting one to watch. Um, but as far as Tennessee's concerned, I think it's actually they, – they have avoided – you know, they had Brady House um, a couple years ago, but they have not currently gotten into where they've got a ton of 
top hundred high school kids. They they have done a nice job of like getting impact high school recruits that aren't super famous other than Brady House. Um, and so I think that's a really interesting model. It's like, why don't we get kids we think are really good but not crazy famous going to go in the first couple rounds and develop them, get them, hopefully get them to show up and develop them. And then we'll fill our gaps in the portal. Um, whereas, you know, Vandy and, and especially this year, Arkansas, like they have so many of these incredibly talented, famous kids that like they're just probably not – I mean, they might not get any of them. Um, and so – all that to say, you're right. I'm not super familiar with, say, the, the from 250 to 500 prospects that I'm sure Tennessee has six of them. Um, but on the, at the high end of the draft board, you're not going to see a Tennessee commit taken in the first couple rounds, at least based on everything that I've studied. Burke, you're a really, really intelligent person when it comes to the vision you have for that sport. I think you'd be a great commissioner of it. I'm not just blowing smoke at you. I think you're, you just love college baseball so much, and and you were beating the drum for a new stadium here before Tony got here, um, and, and several things that you know. Even though you cover the sport, it looks like they're working with an antiquated calendar right now in terms of now that we have this transfer portal, it's been foisted upon them. Here you've got this overlapping window that only has a few days left after the draft happens. And if the Arkansas and the Vanderbilts get picked apart here, they really don't have a way of recalibrating. They get three or four days after the draft. If I made you czar, what, what would that window look like? Should they push it back? Well, what I would say about that is Arkansas and Vandy have probably already recruited as if these kids aren't going to come. And then if they do, they'll figure it out after that. But Bino says guys <laughs> get squeezed, though. See, Bino says what they've no, they done will. is yeah, they've kids. put themselves in a position to That's use right. these kids, and it's not fair to anybody. It's not fair to put the no, coaches in that spot. I mean, it's, no. it's made it kind of ridiculous. If I, was czar, yeah. if I was czar, I would move the draft up a month, and it would be uh, probably the, the days leading into the College World Series, and it would probably be a, a celebration at the College World Series. Mm. That way it gives everybody a summer to manage their roster. <clears throat> but Major League Baseball has decided they want to turn their draft into a TV product the way the other sports have. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't really blame them, and I think from a TV perspective, it really helps the numbers of our draft, mm-hmm. and it keeps our sport relevant for longer. Around right? the All-Star because game. Now, uh-huh. Yeah, we're going to be talking about college baseball. It's going to be a college baseball infomercial, basically, for you know, two two hours on Sunday night of Major League Baseball's All Star. So, is there a right? way? Is there a way to to now recalibrate? Can we can we make the portal? Can we push it back three or four weeks? Well, then you start talking about. Well, then you start talking about the start of school. Um, so, it, as you can tell, I just don't think there's a real good answer. I think it's very very messy. And as soon as Major League Baseball decided they wanted to make the draft a bigger deal, it really it really made everything else like impossible so these college so, coaches I mean, have impossible jobs like like talking to tony he's like this is ridiculous all this work you do yeah, no, and he said it used to be really ridiculous now it's just absurd it's beyond it, it's absurd yeah these dudes these dudes they finish at the college world series and their job just gets started it's crazy i want to bring you back right, at some I point i know you got to go Let's, i want to get you I'll on, on the, i'll come on next week love you come on next week thank we'll you recap. brother okay. thank you later so, Bino, they can't move that thing. You know, thinking out loud, 
because he's right. If they move that thing three weeks, now you're into August when school's going to start. Yeah, there, there's no good answer. And Brian's right. Uh, you know, they used to have the draft. It was either during the Super Regionals yeah. or or the yeah, regional one of the two. It was uh, a month Because I can earlier. remember yep. them talking about people getting drafted while those games were going on. It was a month earlier. That's exactly right. And then, and, and I guess what what made that interesting, or what would make it interesting now that there's more eyes on it, is that people would know, hey, that's a Philly right, right there playing. That's a Yankee right there playing. Like the night you and I went up in the last year of the Appy League, we watched uh, the Yankee Appy League team. Same kind of concept. Weird deal now, because really what Tennessee's doing and they're doing it in real time, is they've kind of covered themselves here. This kid, this Bargo guy they just added, that's insurance. Who knows? Maybe the guy turns out to be a great player for them. But then you get these people to campus, and you're going to have, what are you going to have, 45 of them? I mean, think about that. And I don't know, I don't know any, like Burke said, what happens at our, the Arkansas-Vanderbilt thing Eight of the top 100 prospects in that draft between the two schools, and they're just they're they're, and they know all this hard work we did. Hey, kudos to Tony for not wasting his time, because you know Tony could have gotten some of those guys. In years past, we used to have regimes, Bino, that that would get commitments out of those kids, knowing they were never going to get them here. But you you get your fan base excited for five minutes over it, though. It's a really weird sport at the collegiate level. It's a, it's it's got to be the hardest sport, right? Because you're 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 almost wasting your time. Yeah, it's 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 easily easily the most difficult sport to recruit to. Um, they it's just a balancing act uh, that other sports coaches don't have to deal with. Bino, if you had the top pick in the draft, who's your number one pick? Uh, I'm if I've got the number one pick, I'm taking Skeens. Me too. You know what somebody told me that really follows the sport? Pittsburgh has decided that perennially they don't develop pitchers outside of the guy on your roster, and he didn't pitch well for them when he was there. This current regime. That's why they're going to go with one of the hitters. Okay. Cole was much better in Houston than he was in Pittsburgh. That's where he really, yeah, really bloomed. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that I would. I don't know. I pass up what may be a generational pitcher uh, for that reason. That's the thought, though. That's what people are yeah. whispering about in baseball circles that Pittsburgh is going to jump around him because they haven't had good luck with pitchers. That's really strange. I don't know. That doesn't seem to make any sense, by the way. Like, as I say that out loud, but that's what people are saying. They've come to the conclusion, we're going to we're going to develop hitters, we're going to draft as many guys with bats as we can, we'll flip them for pitchers when the time comes. I'd, I'd like to know uh, what... 
major league baseball organizations think about and and I know you're going to draft a scheme so that's that's a no brainer uh, but I, I wonder if organizations would still prefer to draft high school pitchers and develop them on their own rather than trust colleges to to do it. I wonder if you gave me truth serum and I could tell you what they would say. I know. Yep. Because I think, I think Major League Baseball has an uneasy relationship with college baseball in that the way they look at it, college baseball is about winning and they're about development. So. Well, I, and I, it, it, it may not be as bad today as it used to be, yep. uh, but I think at one point Major League Baseball had a legitimate concern about how college pitchers were used. They burn them up now. Yep. 865-200-5402. That's interesting discussion if you want to get in on it. And then the uh, Milton thing we were talking about before and, any of the other myriad of topics we've discussed, let's go back to our phones and get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Have I ripped any of your family members? Me? Uh, they're, they're only their if, looks. Only their looks. If I, I've ripped anybody's family members' looks, that's up for grabs, too. Well, I listen, I can't believe what you said about Anthony. But let's go back to our phones and get our next call in. I'm going to take that up with you and maybe in the overdrive overtime today. Hello and presented by our friends at TLD Logistics. Hello and welcome into our next call. Hi, you're on the air. All right, let's try this again. Hi, welcome in. You're on the show. All right, that person's gone. Hello and welcome in. You're live on the air. Hey, Tony, how are you? Doing great. Thanks for calling. Hey, uh, I want to run something by you. Um, Billy Amick from Clemson. Um, if you recall the Super Regional, do you remember when uh, they took out Grice at pitcher? Yep. And elected to put him at first base? And that took uh, put Amick on the bench. Very interesting. Do you, know also, do you know what that also did? It also removed the DH. So Clemson made a decision to put arguably their best bat on the bench, and they lost the DH. So they lost two hitters for putting in Grice at first base on, for, for defense. Wow. As you recall, they ended up using about nine relief pitchers because every time the pitcher came up in the order from the ninth inning till the 14th inning, guess what they had to do? They had to pinch hit for them. Clemson's bench doesn't have a plethora of 300-hitting pinch hitters. I submit to you that that was the final straw for Billy Amick. It's pretty embarrassing when you're a defensive player and you get pulled out in the middle of the game. That's pretty observant on your part. And, and listen, when a young guy, when a young guy departs a program whose grandfather is on the board or has been in the past and one of the big donors over there, that's pretty loud, Taylor, for the Bacchus era, which is a year in. Tony, um, his grandfather is three decades on the board of trustees at Clemson. That's uh that runs super deep, but when a freshman player is embarrassed and removed off the field as a defensive player in the middle of the game, and it's not just that, right? That tells you, hey, we're willing to sacrifice defense for your bat. And, oh, by the way, uh, since Grice was the pitcher and the designated hitter, 
if he stays in the game at first base, you lose the DH. It was coaching malfeasance. And Amick, that was Amick's final nail in the coffin. He, he, he decided after that game, I'm out of here. Good for us, Tony. Vitello is absolutely Can this cat play? Taylor, can this Amick guy play? He, uh, his defense, just by the way, he's a 980 fielding percentage, just like, just like Grice. So it wasn't, it wasn't like there was a huge delta between those two playing defense. Now, is Grice better? Absolutely. We saw in the 11th inning that, that, game-saving play he made but i submit to you <laughs> that move gave tennessee a huge advantage in that super regional and on the way out i asked uh, a uh, a clemson decade decade season ticket holder who was sitting behind me why are they taking out amic he just shook his head he couldn't he couldn't answer me i i was at the time i was shocked and then thinking about it now as you would say, Tony, coaching malfeasance, but thank you for serving up Amic to us. This uh, this portal hall is, oh. is pretty spectacular. Oh, my gosh. Tony, GBO. Peace. It's pretty observant of him, Bino. I'm going to have to go back yes, and look please. at that sequence. That's observant of Taylor. That's high level right there. Yep, no question. That's that's really thought-provoking. 865-200-5402 if you want to join it is your Tony Basilio show as we break it down scientifically with you. Uh, again, 865-200-5402 is my number. Let's go back to our phones and get our next call. Lynn, hello and welcome. You're live on the air. Hey, my friends from Patriots doing today. Hey, man, welcome in. Can you hear me, Tony? Go right, go for it. Yes, sir. I will to have some fun today, if that's okay. Uh, First of all, I want to give you a conference I've created. The idea came from, uh, I met a Texas Tech alum at the baseball game on the porch next to me, and he mentioned the old border conference. Parts of it might be getting back together. Do you want to hear my new Please. It's Hey, it's Full Moon Friday. Hit it, man. I'm calling this the Wild West Conference. It's a combination of the Pac-10 and the Big 12. Uh in the Western Division, which I call the John Wayne Division, it's Washington, Oregon, Utah, Colorado, BYU, Arizona State, Arizona, and San Diego State. That's eight, eight teams. In the Eastern Division, which I call the Randolph-Scott Division, it's Iowa State, Kansas State, Kansas, Oklahoma State, Houston, Texas Tech, TCU, and Baylor. Sorry, Eric Waddell, Cincinnati, West Virginia, and Central Florida have been kicked out. What happens to them now in your league? They try to get into some kind of a new ACC or reform the Big East with that AAC conference. But that's 16 Western teams, and it's got some geographic integrity to it. And uh, the only one I threw in there was San Diego State, just so they can have somebody from California in the Western Division. What do you think, Bino? Uh, I think that's a lot better than whatever stew they're going to boil up out there uh, in the future. Because it, 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 it's a fun time with all this nonsense going on, and I do not want Memphis State in any power conference. I do not want them to get credibility. They're going to, if they're smart, they're going to leverage themselves into that Big 12 now.
I guess they've got a decent-sized TV market would be what they could sell, a top 100 TV market. The problem with Memphis, as somebody said yesterday, is in their own city, there are divided loyalties. I wonder oh, what yeah. percentage yeah, of people... Yeah, that's the Tennessee yeah. Alumni Association there, yeah. Well, I just wonder what percentage of people, not only Tennessee, but oh, there's man. a ton of Ole Miss people there. Yeah, I, I wonder what percentage of people there identify as Memphis fans over the other schools. What would you say that number would be, W. Lynn? 30% at most. What do you think, Bino? Uh, it can't be high, right? No, I, w- I wouldn't think so. I, I would say W. Lynn's close. But, they, but to W. Lynn's point, if you put them in a power Bas- league... And they have some success. Basketball, though, that number's higher. That's right, Brian, because there are people. A lot higher. There are people that cheer for Tennessee football and Memphis basketball that live down there. Even though Memphis football has gotten better and it has been pretty good in the last decade and a half. Basketball still drives their train. Brian, what do you call the Memphis Vol fans? We call, we got Vol Cats. What do you call the Memphis Vol fans? This is real simple and not very creative, but I guess you could call them. Tiger Vols or Tiger Vols. Yeah. That's Ball pretty tigers, good, Brian. Tiger Vols. Tiger Vols. Yeah, that makes sense. We don't <laughs> off the tongue easy. Ball cats and Tiger Vols. I'm telling you, I went to every game we played in Memphis in the late 70s and early 80s, and all I saw was Tennessee, Ole Miss fans, very few Arkansas, but not many Memphis State fans around there. Nope. It's weird. Up? Uh. For Chase Burns, in, in honor of Random Bill, I've, I've got two songs to sing. All right. One for Chase Burns and one for his nephew, Jesse. For Chase Burns, I say, come back, and I'm going to sing a song from the 70s sitcom. Welcome home. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. What sitcom is that? A little Johnson. Now sing one there. for sing one for Chance Burns now. And then give me one for Jesse. Give me one for Jesse, who's apparently okay, got a girlfriend that Bino. Here's how you can make amends with Top Bino. got beat with the stick. Go ahead, Bino. You're gonna have to sing. I wish that I had Jesse's girl. I wish that I had Jesse's girl. <laughs> Dub your limb, thank you. I wish that I could make fun of Jesse's girl. That's Bino's song. Bino, you 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 make it a habit of ripping the looks of family members of uh, this audience. Tony, I don't remember ever getting on anyone's appearance, and if I had, it certainly would have been before I made my last driver's license picture. <laughs> This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. 
You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard, the same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg, we do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. It's rodeo time in Murray County, the 19th annual Murray County Sheriff Rodeo, July 14th and 15th. Gates open at 5.30 and the show starts at 8. As always, kids 11 and under get in free. We have free pony rides, petting zoos, face painting, balloons, and bounce houses, all in our spectacular kids zone. We have cowboys and cowgirls from all over the United States. Fireworks show immediately after the main event bull riding. 
Pre-sale tickets are $15 and can be purchased at United Co-op or Columbia Farm Supply. Or at the gate, they're $20. All brought to you by Harness LLC, where we build people that move dirt. Again, the 19th Annual Murray County Sheriff's Rodeo, July 14th and 15th. Gates open at 5.30. Show starts at 8. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Back to you on the one, the only. It's your Tony Basilio show on a Friday. I, I mean, I'll tell you, Titans Bill has um, really, uh, I don't know, he's done a number on the on the spirit of this program today. Speaking of spirit, we're going to play some uh, we're going to have a really fun time tonight. Admiral Pub out in Farragut where we'll be playing music. I'll be out there at Fountain City Rambler 7 to 10 this evening. And uh, we're going to have a great time. So I want to invite you to come out and see us tonight. Admiral Pub in Farragut 7 to 10 tonight. By the way, Tom, we should mention thoughts and prayers go out to former Lady of all Nikki McCray Pinson who passed away at the age of 51. Man, that is too sad for words, Bri. Wow. Way too young. Mm. Well. It's awful. We have a lot, full bank of calls. We'll get to them. You know, I told you earlier I was going to ask you about Milton in the upcoming season. Do, would you like to make fun of his appearance? I mean, no. What do you think of, um, now that we've chewed it around here a little bit, you heard what Detillier said about him. He's one of the top quarterbacks in the league this year, isn't he? Well, he's he's going to be one of the most experienced with his team um, this year. It's uh, certainly doesn't appear to be. I mean, there are a lot of question marks out there, quarterback in this league. A lot of questions. Uh, I, I think our situation uh, is better than many. If I trusted Certainly him. to have Joe Milton and Graham Mertz. You know, if I really trusted him, I think the Vols are going to have a really, really great season. Well, but, he's. But I, I don't. Mean, he'll be one of the big determining factors, that, and along with what Brian said as far as uh, how far the defense has come. Uh, and uh, again, I, I I like the Milton that I saw last year uh, in limited opportunities much better uh, than I did the one that we saw in uh, in 2021. And I, I heard you say he's the same guy that ran out of bounds. I, I don't believe he is, Tony. Matter mm. of fact, the, the few times that I watched him play last year, uh, when he ran the ball, I thought he did everything within his power to dispel those thoughts that we had about him i thought there were times last year when he was running when he should have gone out of bounds and instead he tried to get every last yard that he could get every time he ran the football back to the phones we go everybody's going to speak including will over on uh, twitter spaces it is the or let's see who's asked to speak over here on twitter spaces big josh we'll hear from him Let's go to the phones and get our next call in. Hello and welcome. 
Tony. It's Rusty. How you hey, doing? Rusty, please get off that speaker. All right. I'll go. Is that better? Thank you, my brother. What's going on? Well, wanted to say condolences and thoughts and prayers, like Ronnie mentioned. That's unbelievable. And I wanted to. It is. It's terribly sad. Um, uh, way too young. And then I wanted to mention to Bino, Gina's still really angry with you for the things you said a couple years ago. <laughs> My apologies to Gina. I, I, and uh, anyone else out there. Right. Um, Tony, if I can, I want to talk a little bit about the Orange Bowl and the Joe Milton situation. I also wanted to talk about something that I heard, because I, I know you've mentioned he was benched at two different schools. This is my understanding of the Michigan situation. He bro- he had three good starts, and then in the fourth start, he broke his thumb against Indiana. Um, and that's when he lost the job. He needs to have, and the reason he left Michigan, and the reason he didn't stand by even being demoted like he did at Tennessee wasn't because he got benched. It was because they had two guys left on scholarship that could play quarterback, him and the kid that replaced him. But he was dealing with a broken thumb, could barely grip the ball, which is whenever he started really struggling. Harbaugh did all he could to keep Joe from having surgery during the season because Harbaugh had nobody else to be the backup quarterback in emergency situations and would rather have a a hurt thumb, Milton, do it, which is the real determining factor for why Milton – for why Milton – Left. Any, any, any. So he didn't actually lose the starting job there, is the way I understand it. It was injury related, and he ended up leaving because Harbaugh put the team before Milton's health. Oh, okay. I mean, when he played at Michigan, he was highly uneven, highly inconsistent, and not very good. But you can have it yeah, your yeah, way. No. I mean, you, you, the, no, no, if, no, no, if no. his. If if his departure was his departure, it still doesn't change the narrative that when he got here, they gave him yeah. every opportunity, and he lost his yeah. gig. And as a starting quarterback throughout his life in major college football, he's been highly inconsistent. But you go I, I think go I your route. That's was, fine. No, I'm cheering for the kid. Hey, listen, I'm cheering no, for him. Right, I know. I just, nothing about this was about the Tennessee situation. He lost the job to Hooker. Um, I'm talking about, if you go back and look, his first yeah. three starts that season were good. Yeah. Very solid. Yeah. The Indiana's whenever he had the sporadic issues and didn't play well, and then the next week against Michigan State. But it was all because of the hand injury, yeah. everything I've been led to believe. I don't know if that's true. I was asking you because you have better sources. I know. I, I, don't, I don't know anything about it. I need to look into it, and, and I yeah. just made a note. So I'll circle cool. back on that. It. Yep. The the Orange Bowl, I thought um, I don't I don't know who Joe Milton's gonna be next year. Uh, I have bigger question marks about who our secondary will be. I think if he gives us the Orange Bowl performances, we'll win a lot of ball games this year. If he gives us the Orange Bowl performance week in and week out, we'll be just fine. I thought he was very good that day. I don't think it was okay. I thought it was very good. I don't know if it was I don't know if I don't know if I'm with John Adams, but I thought it was very good. Um, no mistakes. The throw the touchdown pass to Brew McCoy was the best pass any college quarterback threw last year. I don't know if anybody's looked at that looked at that ball, but that's an unbelievable one or two guys on earth can make that throw throw. 
the the three and outs were heavily leaned towards we couldn't run the football early in that ball game because I think Clemson knew we had a bunch of walk-ons and backups and Joe Milton wasn't going to run the football on design runs, so they just took our running backs away. Heifel finally said, you know what, let's run Joe a couple times. One goes for 10 yards, one goes for 12, and suddenly Smart, Wright, and the guys start getting open lanes to run through, and then the three and outs kind of halt. So I think it was more the three and outs were a – function of running the ball than who was playing quarterback. That's my take on the game. Joe could be terrible this year, but I'm still more worried about the secondary. And that's my thoughts. Well secondary is atrocious. I mean if you're gonna compare any any <laughs> if you're gonna compare yeah, thank you, Rusty. If you're gonna compare anything in college football to the secondary, I mean Bino, you can make the case that, you know, I mean heck, we're back to Jesse again. <laughs> uh I I will uh uh, like Rusty, I will take that Clemson performance. If his level of performance is close to the Clemson game all year long, uh, I don't think we'll have uh, – I don't think quarterback play will determine whether we win or lose a football game. Back to the phones we go. Really, Tennessee needs him to kind of keep the car in the middle of the road this year. And, um, you know, if he doesn't, the thing that's really interesting that I wonder their discussions behind the scenes are how quick does do they introduce Nico? Or are they steadfast on not doing that this season? It's kind of interesting. If, he, think if he kind of just does keep it in the middle of the road and they see that Nico may have an upside that Milton can't reach, do you think they would make a switch or I know. at least put Nico in? Some? I know, right? I mean, they have first-world problems right now at quarterback, which... In the 2023 seasons, not a bad problem. Not Those aren't bad problems to have. LSU and Tennessee have first-world problems at quarterback. Who else does? Does Alabama? Uh, no. Does Georgia? No. Back to the phones. I mean, who else in the league does? Hello and welcome into our next call. What's up, Tony? It's Lee, man. Hey, Lee. What's up, buddy? Bino, what are you doing, man? You're on everybody's girlfriend. What is going on? Well, he cracked on you that day too. He said, "Look at that guy's hair." I don't know. <laughs> he goes, "What's he Bino doing?" Was right about my ex- Bino was right about my ex-wife, though. I'll give him that. She, she was. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> <God, laughs> Bino. <laughs> <laughs> Should have listened to him. <laughs> Should have listened to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Um, the ironic thing was that Jesse's girlfriend is named Caitlin after he, after he, poor Bill, what did he say about Caitlin Clark? Poor Bill, poor Bill, poor Bill. (laughs) Um, Well, I'll say this, Bill's written more Caitlin's than I have. (laughs) (laughs) When I told him you did that on the air, he goes, I apologized as if Bino hasn't. Uh, hang this one in the loop, man. This is a good one. Um, as far as the quarterbacks go, and as you see, I mean, there's question marks, but I don't, I don't think I was. I'm pretty optimistic, including Milton, for a lot of these quarterbacks in the SEC this year. As far as Milton goes, like I'm not worried about it. I mean, it's it's honestly it's pretty far down the list of my list of worries with this team. Um, 
it's uh, like I said, I think it's a big, really big year for Banks um, to show some improvement on the defense. You know, it, it's obviously it's not going to jump up to like top ten defensive levels, but it just needs to be somewhat respectable. I think. Uh, I think if that's the case, we're, we're going to win a whole lot of ball games. Um, the fact that Nico is behind Milton makes me feel a whole lot better about everything. Uh, I think they're going to play the best guy for the job. I mean, I think they're going to play the best quarterback. And from everything I've heard about Nico, he's he's a real deal. Holyfield. Oh, he's on real. This guy's going to be on real, yeah. man. This guy's going to be on freaking real here. Yeah. So I mean, if, if Milton is is better than him, I mean, I trust Eiffel. Yep. Put the best guy out there. You know, I, I think a lot of people's opinions of Milton are kind of skewed a little bit because of the running out of bounds play and all that. And trust me, I get it. I understand it. But um, Rusty was right. You go back and watch that Orange Bowl game. There are a couple of throws that were on just just sick. Just sick. Like, I don't, you don't see college quarterbacks making those throws. So, I, I'm real comfortable with him. It, like, some of the other SEC quarterbacks, like, I, I think teams are in pretty good situations. Like, the Georgia deal with, with Carson Beck, that kid's a player, man. Dude, he can play. <laughs> He's got more physical skills by far than Stetson Bennett have. Now, obviously, Stetson Bennett had intangibles and things like that. That remains yep. to be seen. But, but this Carson Beck kid can play. And I know you don't take a whole lot for spring games, but if anybody has any questions what kind of quarterback they got, go back, go watch what they put on tape during spring for the rest of college football to look at and go, oh, great, this is wonderful. Because all they did was just chuck balls 50 yards down the field over and over again, and he was throwing dimes all, all day long. Um, I think he's going to be really, really good. Um, like K.J. Jefferson, I think, is a really good quarterback. Um, the Leary kid at Kentucky – I think he's got maybe more natural talent as a quarterback than anybody. I don't know if he's in the right offense, but I, I think a lot of teams are set up really well. The Wegman kid at Texas A&M, I think that kid can play, and it's just a matter of getting him into a modern college offense. With Petrino now, hey, I hey, think that kid can might. Lee, uh, hang right so. there. Take one breath for me. I, I, I want to ask you something about Chase Burns. We'll do it on our overdrive overtime. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. It's time to put a Dodge in your garage. And at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us for all the muscle you need. We have a huge inventory to choose from, from the spine-tingling 2021 Dodge Charger SRT to the 2021 Dodge Challenger Superstock. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Yep, at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, we're flexing our Motor City muscle. You can count on us online at ColumbiaCDJR.com. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. 
Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chandala yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Life gets busy and sometimes slowing down to buy your family quality food can seem impossible. This is Terry Taylor with Taylor Family Farm and we offer local home delivery in addition to our local drop locations to help with that problem. Now you can get your favorite pastured poultry, pork and grass-fed beef delivered right to your door. Visit taylorfamilyfarmtn.com to find out how. We believe in healthy food, healthy people and healthy community at Taylor Family Farm. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly 
Promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charity, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.